everybody welcome to the 170th edition of the holy backboard podcast i am dustin here in rip city and i got my man sage here and we are here to talk about the most important thing happening in basketball today and that is learning of the cover athlete of nba 2k 20 anthony davis meaning i'm gonna buy the Dwayne wade special edition (laughs) fuck out of here Keeping it, I don't care. Oh man, but yeah, man, Hassan Whiteside, bro. You called the trade. I get the notification. I'm trying to text you. I have a group chat with Anise. I'm, I'm texting him, and I'm like, "Are you, I literally had to send a text? I'm like, "Are you alive?" It's like eleven o'clock in, in the morning, and I haven't heard a peep from you. And this is the trade that you've been clamoring for, and I thought you'd be blowing up my my phone. But not a word. I was I was I was legit worried for for a little bit, and then you're like, "Oh, I was just sleeping." And I was like, "Ah, that that figures." I mean, yo, man, I, I have a panda avatar on my Twitter. I'm about that panda life. We need our rest. So, like, li- yeah, like, li- I guess I had my phone on mute, and I was just sleeping wonderfully, just enjoying a, a luxurious snooze. And then all of a sudden, I wake up and there's like 12 texts on my phone. And I'm like, what the fuck happened? Oh, shit. I was right. <laughs> Man, I mean, it makes sense. Like, I got I to gotta say, you guys thought Neil O'Shea was like a 60-year-old white man. No, he's a 28-year-old Asian man. It's me. I'm Neil O'Shea. I don't, I don't appreciate the shit I've been hearing from certain people about what I've been doing the last few years. I'm human too, man. I... I make mistakes, but I've learned from it. But uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy. So Portland <laughs> moves Mo Harkless and Myers Leonard, takes back Hassan Whiteside. It actually is a part of the four-team mega sign-and-trade Jimmy Butler to Miami. So originally it was thought that Mo and Myers were a package deal, both going to the Heat. In reality, when the dust settled, it was Myers Leonard moving on to Miami Miami rerouted Mo Harkless and a first-round pick to the Los Angeles Clippers. So we will still see Mo three to four times a year. Myers just twice, but the Blazers get the prize. They get their center, which they have needed for a very long time, dating back to March 23rd when Yusuf Nurkic. Was it March 23rd, for real? March 23rd. So a day before my birthday? Yeah. Fuck. Oh, I must have made this comparison because David West tore his ACL on my birthday. So big men that I love have hurt themselves the day of my birthday and within 24 hours of my birthday. Yeah, I pray to God that the the schedule makers don't have us playing anywhere near your birthday in 2020. But the Trailblazers were able to turn their three remaining contracts from 2016 they turned Evan Turner, Myers Leonard, and Maurice Harkless into Kent Bazemore and Hassan Whiteside. Two players that are specialists. You play them in the playoffs. And most importantly, 
you didn't have to sacrifice any picks to get them or any cap flexibility. Both of those players come off the books in the summer of 2020. So as we discussed on last night's episode, there's not a bad contract on this roster. Portland retains their cap flexibility for the summer of 2020, has a really strong young core, and has all of their future first-round picks. For a team that went into the offseason with one hand tied behind their back, everything we discussed yesterday, followed by this move to acquire Hassan Whiteside, I I think it has been an easy home run for the Portland Trailblazers and the coaching staff, the the team, and and the front office. As soon as uh, that Nurk injury happened on the day before my birthday, I always thought about Hassan Whiteside taking over that center role for this year because I've been what yo with with daily fantasy you watch a lot of bad teams and Hassan wasn't part of that finishing five his role was really scattered with with either playing a lot or a little like in daily fantasy people talked about if we knew Hassan Whiteside's minutes per game we that would be the ultimate person we would want to know because his role was so weird and i knew that it was pissing him off not being able to be on the court a lot and him being on that one year bro it was a match made in heaven i really think so as soon as that nerk injury i i think neil myself were on the was on the phone with miami trying to get this deal done just because it makes so much sense for both sides now the hassan has one year to put up some amazing stats and we're the team that he gets to do it for. And then we get to say goodbye to him in that next year and have Nurk take over his rightful place at center. I mean, we talked about money balling the shit out of the soft season and that's exactly how it's all honestly laid out so far. Portland is going to keep their core together. That's Dame CJ Nurk. And right now I would say it does still consist of Simon's Collins and Nasir Little. Every other piece is probably going to have to be interchangeable on a year-by-year basis. It's almost like college football recruiting, where you're going to have to keep bringing in guys, guys who were undervalued, guys who maybe have something to prove, guys who just maybe weren't in the right situation. I mean, you look back this time last year, we picked up Seth Curry, a player not a lot of fans were really excited to acquire because he missed the entire season with a, a leg injury. Yet here, here he is getting a four-year, $32 million deal from the Dallas Mavericks. The Blazers kind of have to, you know, no pun intended, be trailblazers in this free agency game and try to find the guys a year before everybody else is going to want them. Because one, we're a small market. Two, it's hard to lure players to Portland and three, the salary cap was not really in our favor going into mm. June and, and July. So I would just prepare yourself to continue to see these guys come in, play well, and then probably move on. You know, we're essentially getting, it's a, it's a two way partnership. We get guys on really good value, give them a chance to boost their status and then they go out and they secure that bag elsewhere. I mean, it's it's like you said, it is a match made in heaven. And we look at Hassan Whiteside and everyone wanted to know what the Blazers would do for rebounding and defense. Obviously, there was a huge gap. We didn't know Ennis Cantor. 
He eventually signs two years, $10 million in Boston. And we didn't know when Yusuf Nurkic was going to return. That left a huge void in the middle. And Portland needed not only someone to hold the fort down while Nurkic rehabbed. The last thing we want to do is is rush this rehab back to the court. He needs to take his time, make sure he's 110% ready. But two, we needed some insurance in case Nurk isn't the same Nurk right off the bat. He could take a couple of weeks, a couple of months, even after he plays. Hassan Whiteside is a very formidable center in the league. Yes, I knew he fell out of flavor in the Miami um, rotation. And I know Miami has uh, a really strong culture with with Pat Riley and, and Eric Spolstra. And for whatever reason, it didn't work. But isn't this what we've been preaching all all along? If we truly do have the best leader in sports in Damian Lillard, we have a, a long-tenured front office and coaching staff, this is the time we take a chance on a malcontent player who is looking for a fresh start. Correct me mm-hmm. if I'm wrong, Sage, but weren't all of these the same concerns that I heard from Blazer fans and media members when Portland shipped out Mason Plumley and acquired Yusuf Nurkic, a player who supposedly left the arena mid-game and came back? I mean, there were just all I heard from Denver fans is just just wait until Nurk gets into one of his moods. It's been two and a half seasons, and he has been a angel in that locker room and a fantastic core addition to this team. Now, is Hassan going to meet those lofty expectations that that Nurkic set? I'm not certain, but this is what we have been building up to. And if you're really concerned about Hassan Whiteside, then I don't think you really trusted the culture of the Trailblazers to begin with. The difference between Nurkic and Hassan are that Nurkic knew that he was going to get another contract if he performed well. Hassan isn't thinking about staying with the Blazers for multiple years because there isn't space for him because we have that franchise center who's younger and has more continuity with the team. Hassan is like a independent contractor for a year. He's going to work on this project and then move, try and infect and get his next one. He's not going to be part of the culture of this team. And the fact that we have Damian Lillard and we have CJ, like they, they're going to get on his ass if he, if he messes around, but I don't think he would do it just because he knows this is a very good opportunity for him to put up really good stats and then get that next payday. Cause he's a free agent next year. If he doesn't play well, he's not going to get that money. So it, it it incentivizes him to work his ass off. You know, there's players that we talk about, like contract year Marvin Williams. He plays a lot better in that contract year. This is a contract year Hassan Whiteside. So I'm expecting him to be an angel this year, get all the positive feedback from the team that is playing with him so he can get that next contract. And he's going to be a fucking beast on help side defense, rebounding. He's going to be rim running. That's all the shit that we've wanted from a guy. And Hassan's going to give it to us. And, yo, I'm very excited for the Hassan Whiteside defense. And you you made a good point about him being a contractor for for a year. I I would say there's probably a three out of four chance that this is just a one-year stop for Hassan. 
stranger things have happened and we could go into the following season with a one-two uh, of Nurk and Hassan. We just haven't even seen the press conference. We don't know how the season is going to play out, but that's probably the best state of mind to be in when you, when you approach this and CJ McCollum tweeted out today, you know, welcome to the team, bring your hard hat. It's time to get to work. I mean, th- this is a championship team that this is what they have in mind. That is what they aspire to accomplish. And that is the focus. And if you're not with that dream and you're not on the same page, you're going to get kicked to the, you know, kicked to the curb. And if you look at what non star centers are getting on the market, it's not great. And Hassan Whiteside is 30 years old. This is going to be quite possibly his last large contract and, and if he wants to, to make 10 plus mil, I mean, he, he's going to have all the incentive in the world and, and opportunity and the opportunity. And if, and if you're right, Sage, this is just a one year rental. Portland takes no risk in worrying how he's going to perform the following year. None at all. We get him for the good year. That This is mm-hmm. the perfect scenario. If, if you are Neil Olshay and you see that trade is ready to, to be, approved and you look at Hassan Whiteside the guy yes he fell out of flavor it happens we and when you have Bam out of Bayou he is like he a guy that's younger and a young yep he's a younger player he was taken in the younger version of it 2017 draft the heat are not a contending team there was no future for Hassan Whiteside in Miami and, and think about yourself when you're in your own career and you're at a company, sometimes you see the writings on the wall. Hey, future's not here for me. I need to, you know, look around, maybe get a fresh start. You get revitalized. You get put around maybe other coworkers that that you remember. He's rumor has it he's pretty tight with CJ McCollum. Uh, he posted his IG story. Um, he was stoked when he found out about the news. You know, we got shooters. Let's go. Um, this is going to be a really good addition for uh, what, what I thought was very, very good value. Um, Absolutely. And when he got minutes in Miami, like when Bam was hurt and he had to play 35 plus, my man got biz. He can still put up stats. And I think a big thing about him and really fucking with his trade is there really isn't a guy that is healthy right now that, could take his minutes so he has this role he has the role of a starting center on a western conference finals team last year where he it's him he is gonna be the guy that plays 35 minutes and when he does that he he's excellent so i think the role excites him i think the fact that we can be in the playoffs excites him i think he's ready to fucking ball and another thing to note is he played extremely well against the Trailblazers this season. The Heat were 2-0. and He had 16 rebounds and 6 blocks back in late October in the 120-111 Heat victory in Miami. And I was at the game in person uh, back on February 5th where he gave Nurk fits all night. He had 20- Yeah, he frustrated Nurk twice. He had 28-11 and 11 to go with, with, with 2 blocks on 11 of 12 shooting and he did that in just 30 minutes a night the heat won 118 mm-hmm. 108 and 
I, I just want Blazer fans to know that this, this player has a lot of game. I mean, there's a reason we were able to get him for Myers Leonard and Maurice Harkless. I mean, you're, you're getting a walking double-double with, with two, three blocks a night. He is going to impact this 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 franchise. And like dog, it gives Nurk such a it's such good insurance policy for Nurk because yeah, I think he might play, but to expect Nurk to play the minutes that he was playing for us last year is I mean so unlikely. So Nurk can now work himself back in in limited minutes so he feels more comfortable for that next year. If we expected him to put like 20 and 10 again, that's a lot of pressure to put on someone who doesn't exactly trust that their knee or their leg will work. Now with Hassan, we can put him in for 10 minutes and then back to Hassan. And Nurk knows, yo, I have a contract. You don't. I am a part of this future. You're not. But thank you for helping us maintain the success. And also it should be conveyed to Nurk to not hurry any sort of comeback. Mm -hmm. Like we're in good hands. We're going to stay afloat. The West is going to be a bloodbath, but we know we're going to have a big acquisition waiting for us whenever that time comes. And that'll be Yusuf Nurkic. And he'll be able to be ushered in slowly and steadily instead of just being tossed into the deep end, which is the last thing you want to do for a player coming back from, from major surgery and it's going to take a lot of mental fortitude for Nurk to get over that that hurdle of playing on that leg once again and hopefully having Hassan Whiteside there will ease the burden because if we didn't have Whiteside and maybe we were struggling you know he's going to get questions about when are you returning he's going to feel the pressure he's going to feel the burden weighing on his shoulders that man I really feel like I could be helping this team and he has that mentality he told Dame during the Denver series, I wish I could go out there. If I knew I was going to injure myself again, I would still do it. And we saw that with the Warriors. Andre Iguodala talked about it on the Breakfast Club. The team kind of forced him back, even though, even though he had a fracture. They were calling it you know, a sprain. And, and rumors are it was the same type of thing that happened with Kevin Durant. It's unfortunately those type of situations arise in the NBA, but... I think we can put that to rest because we have a certified replacement player that is going to hold the fort down. And I think that's what we really should expect. I don't necessarily think we need to come into this and have Hassan go for 17 and 15 and three blocks a night like he did a few years ago. As long as we just get that double-double, we get constant effort, we get just he ups the team defense, you take that and you run with it, just like what we got with Ennis mm-hmm. Cantor. We knew what he was going to do when he came in the game, and that gave us not only the one-two punch, but when Nurk went down, Ennis was more than capable of helping us succeed. And that's what this 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 trade accomplishes. So do you have any expectations on what he would do stat-wise, or just he's going to ball out and stats don't really matter? Ooh, I mean, I I do think we are going to get chip on your shoulder, Hassan Whiteside, just like we're going to get chip on your shoulder, Kent Bazemore. We have a lot of guys who are driven, and I think the the culture 
is strong enough in Portland that, yes, we lost a lot of culture. I mean, we, we lost a lot of great locker room guys from Seth, Evan, Myers, Moe, Aminu, Ennis. I mean, we, we really lost six or seven guys from Western Conference Finals team, and we can't take that lightly. Unfortunately, we knew a lot of those guys would have to leave because we didn't own their bird rights. And we also saw that those players, whether they left now or when their contracts expired in in the next summer, they were going to have to move along. So this was kind of like a rip the bandaid off. Like it it sucks to lose core guys locker room, but it's just a, a part of, of the business. And so when you look at Hassan coming in, he knows he's going to get the minutes. I think the team's going to find him. I, I mean, if there is one player that I want to usher in an, a, a new, a new, um, a new guy, Damian Lillard. I mean, what he did with Yusuf Nurkic, basically shouldering him and letting him know this is what you should do here. I'm going to get on you when you fuck up, but I'm going to be there to pat you on the back when you do things incredible. I think Dame has that respect across the league to go in and really, really kind of manage. I mean, he's kind of the team manager on 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 and off the court. And so what he says, what he says goes. And if Hassan is willing to buy into that, and the beauty of this is if Hassan doesn't, he's an expiring contract. We can move him at the deadline, or we can just say, hey, this was a good guy or, or, or a good try, but you know. No long-term loss would be incurred if if we had to 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 let him go. But if we're talking stats, you know, I'm definitely looking. I think we're going to see 15, 12, a couple blocks all in the day's work. So the one thing that I'm very excited about is we saw a lot of trapping defensively. Could you imagine how lethal it would be to have like a Kemp Bazemore and a Hassan Whiteside trapping a ball handler in the corner? Like all that defensive pressure and the the size and the, the wingspan and the athleticism. Dude's going to be a menace defensively this year. CJ has improved his defense, but at times, if we're able to roll out a Dame, Bazemore, Hood, Collins, Whiteside defensive lineup, Who's Lockdown. scoring? Clamps. Who's scoring, dude? Yeah, no, you ain't scoring on that. There's a we can switch. Damien's a damn good post defender. So like, if you put the big guy on him, he loves that shit. You can switch damn near everybody on that defensive lineup. Like him and Zach are gonna be fucking blocking shit all day, man. All the help defense in the world. Like, dude, this is going to be, we're going to have options defensively. And Hassan can score. Like, it, he'll be rim running and ready to dunk on fools. Like, dude, this is going to put a lot more options on the on the table. I'm I'm very happy. I Neil think we might see some, some penny to Hassan, Hassan Lobs. That's what I have envisioned come fall in, in the Rose City. Sage. After acquiring Hassan, we've got about two to three roster spots open. Still the vet minimum that we can continue to use. Where do you see the next likely move coming from? 
of backup the, power forward of the free probably still left on the market is there because... anyone that kind of uh catches your eye I guess Rondé Hollow Jefferson would. There's a lot. I mean, people are talking about Jeff Green, but uh, he kind of reminds me of Mo Harkless. I don't know. Like, I would like a guy like our, uh, Rondé Hollis Jeff just to to put all effort in. He's a young guy. He'd be on a prove it contract. I wouldn't mind a Rondé Hollis Jeff if, if, if it's the right price. Any concern if you start to bring in too many prove it guys that they start to have a selfish mentality? instead of keeping the team first? Well, I think that if you have a leader like that isn't super strong in their convictions, yes. But at the same time, we have a guy that brings people together in like Damian Lillard. So I, I, I'd worry about that a lot less. And, I mean, it's it, who who's a prove-it guy besides Hassan and Kent, who are both... I mean, Kent's a real team guy as well. He could he could honestly see I himself mean, being signed by this last, team next Last year. night, Rodney Hood is in line to possibly get another big contract, possibly even from Portland. Um, you mentioned Rondé Hollis. So, you know, there's four of your rotation guys who are kind of like prove it. I, I would say Zach Collins, in a sense, is on a, a prove it year as well because if he's given the starting spot, who knows if he struggles if he's getting that back. So you just have a lot of guys and – you can channel that. You can channel it really well, like the Detroit Pistons in, in 04 did, the, the grit and grind Memphis Grizzlies. They they collectively wore that chip on their shoulders, and it didn't let them fracture the team. But you get too many guys with their own agendas, you can start to see the foundation start to slip, and that, that's just what I wouldn't want to see. So I do like the Rondé Hollis, although his shooting does concern me. You know, if you could get either Morris twin because they're able to shoot and stretch. They're a veteran for the minimum. They're both signed I mean, to clutch looking for a one year deal. Shit. I, I, th- I think that your point's very valid, but at the same time, I don't think Dame's going to let, let people be overly selfish on the team. That's just not the type of dude. I, I think of Dame. Because he's, he's able to call people out on their bullshit. I think he's, because of how highly regarded he is, I think he'll keep them in line. And, you know, having a bunch of highly motivated players can be a very I powerful my, thing my in this NBA. my top two, though, are still Jamichael Green and Noah Vonley. Both guys who would accept their role, can hit the open shot, hustle, play defense, you know, you don't feel like you're letting any sort of drop off occur when they enter the, the lineup. And those two would be, be great additions. I still don't think the Blazers are done. They may be done for a while, but as we've discussed over each of the last, you know, four or five podcasts, the team on opening night is not going to be the same team that we see post the, the post buyout. You know, I think the Blazers are going to be a very strong buyout candidate for, for players to come to, we're still able to trade Kent and Hassan at the deadline. If, if the opportunity comes to it, we still have parts of our young core that are available. I think it would take a, a home run deal for Neil to part with, with Simon. So I'm going to, you know, for the moment, put him off the table, but if Nasir little starts to play, play well, you know, what you see from Zach Collins and just that, that final piece to the puzzle makes itself, 
available, that's when I could see Neil going all in. But for now, the Blazers have a conference final contending team. They have cap flexibility and they have all of their picks. So I really like the state of the franchise. And for the first time in forever, there, there are no bad contracts. Yeah, man, this is the first time since we started the Holy Backboard 170 episodes ago that we have had zero bad contracts. Of the players man. we lost, uh, who who are you going to miss the most? Hmm. I think Cantor. Oh, no, Seth Curry, because that was my guy during those two. Those were my guys during the playoff run. Uh, I mean, Cantor definitely earned his stripes playing with all those injuries. I enjoyed Seth Curry's defense and his IQ. That type of shit just gets me going the right pass, the right rotation. So I think those two are probably the ones that I'd miss the most. And maybe uh, uh, rookie year Mo Harkless. That was my guy. For me, it was Ennis Cantor because... He gutted it out playing through that separated shoulder. And I truly believe without him, we don't win the playoff series against the, the, the Thunder. I thought he thoroughly outplayed Steven Adams. He fought valiantly against the Joker. He was just a great guy. I mean, look at all of the free camps he's putting on. He Everywhere he goes, he attaches himself to that community, and, and you can see he just he just gravitates towards towards people, and you could tell he was loved by his teammates. So even though we had him for the shortest period of time, I'll probably miss him the most. I'll also really miss Myers Leonard. So I started working for the Blazers in 09. I left in 2014. So before the trade today, really, Myers Dame and CJ were the only players left on that 2014 roster. So it's a little sentimental for me today to see Myers move on just because, you know, that, that's a chunk of my past that is now moving on. And I really loved how he fought through everything that was, was thrown at him over his seven years in Portland. And he stayed a true professional throughout it all. He was on the bench whenever he found himself in that, that position was the, the ultimate cheerleader. When he got out on the floor, he gave it his all. And, you know, he saved his best for last. 30-point, 15-rebound performance against the Warriors. You know, I hope he has a career year this year and gets another gets another bag come come 2020. But as you mentioned, I'll, I'll miss the Mo Harkless dunks. I'm going to miss Chief when he's on fire from three. Um, Evan, just like a super great locker room guy. One of the best social media followers you'll see. And, and Seth, like whenever he caught fire, game two of the OKC series was amazing. His spurts that he had, his timely defense. Um, make no mistake, the Blazers lost a lot, but we knew we would have to lose at something given the salary cap scenarios. So, you know, if you're a fan that, that's grieving, that is totally fine. We are not here to tell you how to feel. As I mentioned on last, last night's episode, you know, I caught feelings for, for Travis Outlaw, and I was devastated when we let him go. And I, I know it sucks getting attached to these players. And for the most part, they make it easy to get attached to because of how easy they make it to root for them both on and off the court. We have a great group of guys, and business can be a bitch. And that's kind of what, what this is. But 
I'm trying to look at the positives and the upside that it makes us, I think, a better basketball team. And I think these are players we are going to fall in love with as well as fans. And it doesn't mean Mm -hmm. that we have to scrap our memories of the players that left and replace them with new ones. It's just that we're just getting new memories. And I think this next season, the 50th anniversary, could be one for the ages if you're a Blazer fan. So out of all the players that were traded for, drafted, or a part of our free agency class, who is going to be the most uh, – who's going to be the fan favorite? I don't of think the Nasir is going to get enough playing time to warrant uh, a lot of fandom. It could be him down the road. Same thing probably with Hazonia, even though I think he's more of just a one-year stop. So it really comes down to Hassan Whiteside and Kent Bazemore. Bays has been that dude on nearly every team. I think the, the fans are going to fall in love with the Bays gaze, which he gives basically before every interview as he kind of like video bombs. Um, it's definitely going to be Kent Bays more, in my opinion. Oh, uh, yeah. So I, th- I think it's going to be Bays as well, but I think Hassan will definitely get the fan base. Um, do you think the fan base is going to love Penny, uh, Penny Simmons more, J- Simons more, just because of. Now he has a role in the uh, in on the team, and now isn't just like a first round pick. He's actually has a role. Oh, absolutely! I think he's going to become the new fan favorite, especially if he starts producing in his his backup role. I think he could be. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, Dame, CJ, and Nurk are, are the top three in terms of fan favorites. He could become the new the new Boo Bear, the new Ed Davis, the new Love, the new Apple of Rip City's Eye. I I could definitely see that because, I, I mean, you know, we're part of so many different communities in the Rip City community umbrella. And I, I know that there's a large section of of women that have it, you know, they, they're, they're – uh, they're very sad about Chief and Ed Davis leaving in the last two years. I think Anthony is gonna is gonna be that next that next fan favorite, and probably the Bay's gays, man. Like you said earlier, those two I could definitely see being very popular. Um, but you said that there are Stuart fan Campbell. questions. Let's get to it. Campbell, excuse me, Stuart. Will Sage be able to maintain his enthusiasm for the Blazers and his first love, the Pelicans? this upcoming season. Yes. Yes, I can. I have a responsibility here to be a good fan of the Blazers. And I take that pretty seriously because the communities that I'm in definitely need me to be at a, as a, as hysterical and as good of a fan as I can be. So I definitely will always, uh, love the trailblazers but with the the pelicans being you know all, all these good things being uh improved about the team I w- i'm going to be hyped about that don't get me wrong but i will always have enthusiasm for the team that i broadcast 170 uh 170 episodes of also i don't think you would let me no i just get give you a couple little elbows in the bicep be like calm down calm down yeah. calm down Remember, remember how Anthony Davis made you feel. Remember how. <laughs> remember you said. 
Yeah. Remember you you kept saying Alton Rivers had potential? Yeah. I mean, like, yo, remember when I convinced you that Ryan Anderson got traded to the Blazers? Like, you know, there are things that you can do to keep me humble, even at the the most bright and shining moments. Blazers down under wants to know, man, I am dizzy trying to process all of these changes. Day two just blew my mind. What are we thinking now about Neil Olshay and his ballsy deal making? The West just got real. Well, I I think he uh, can thank me for hacking into my iCloud and seeing all the conversations that I've had recently. <laughs> I, I yo, I'm I'm very happy with how Neil Olshay has uh, performed this off season. He's put us in a lot of. Uh, good situations and i think even the most anti-neo person would think this team is more improved than the team that just left i would say a plus off season so far all of the reasons that we've we've discussed starts with re-signing neil and terry giving them their extensions it goes into taking the right pick at 25. Yes, you can say 24 teams passed on this year little, but we were the ones that actually picked up the phone, made the call to the commissioner and said, this is who we want. You follow that up. You get Kent Basemore, who is a shooter, 3 and D for, for Evan Turner. You go out, you secure Damian Lillard for five extra years. Fantastic. Your franchise guy is now locked in. You take a chance on Mario Hozonia. You move two other expirings for a position of need in Hassan Whiteside. And he set us up in a way where, one, there are no more bad contracts on this team. Our cap flexibility for next summer stays intact. We still have all of our future first-round draft picks. And we have an enticing enough young core that if the next disgruntled superstar should come out of nowhere, and as the NBA has shown us, really forever there's drama everywhere you know knock on wood it doesn't happen in portland but there's always going to be that next player that wants out and portland is now going to be in prime position to decide if they want to make that move in years past they haven't had the luxury of even deciding whether they want we can now have packages that would entice other teams i don't think neil's done yet but for now given the situation we went into it looked a little bit bleak. I'm feeling very, very confident heading into the 2020 season where our trailblazers stack up against the rest of the Western Conference. I mean, we've 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 covered and broadcasted about this team long enough where it's like every offseason there was a head scratching move that Neil made, whether it be trading the picks and moving up for Zach Collins or signing Evan Turner to a max deal, or any other moves. There's always been a head-scratcher, like, hmm, I didn't get that one. Sometimes good, sometimes bad. This time, everything he made was a good trade. Like, there is no negative head-scratchers. It's like, holy shit, he made this. Or, that's awesome, he fell to us, and we didn't have to move up and give away assets. Great question from Jason Quick, where he just gave it out to to the Twitterverse. The Blazers 
2019-2020 season will be the most anticipated in Portland since since what? He threw out a couple of options. The Odin draft in 07, Pippen and Steve Smith added to a Western Conference Finals team in the summer of 99. Can you think of any other seasons, Sage? I've got some that are, are go You're a better you're better equipped to answer this question. So I'll go first and say I guess that I you know I wasn't really part of the community, so I'm going to say 2000. But really the real answer to this is whatever you say. Well, thank you. I, I take the, the accolades and appreciate them. I, I would say there, there are a couple of options. And, you know, we, we look at 2014 when Dame hit the shot and we finally got out of the first round for the first time in 14 years. But that next season, again, we were hamstrung with what we could do. We only added Steve Blake and Chris Kamen. So I wasn't as stoked as maybe where, where we should be. I would say it, it definitely is around the Greg Oden year of 07 or 2000. I'll give it the advantage to 2000 because we were a Western Conference Finals contending team and Steve Smith and Scottie Pippen were two of the biggest veteran acquisitions on the market and we made them. We were 12 deep. We were, it was us and the Lakers. I mean, we were legitimate favorites, not just in our little bubble in the Pacific Northwest, but nationally, everyone was talking about the Portland Trailblazers. And, you know, for the first time in a long time, we had NBA Finals aspirations. And the only reason that I, I put it over the, the Odin year is that was just the beginning of something. We didn't know, know what, lie, what, what was going to, you know, lie ahead down the road. We knew something special was brewing and we were excited that we got that number one pick to go along with Brandon and LaMarcus. But we didn't really get to anticipate that season because Greg announced he needed microfracture surgery in, in August. And I guess that put a little bit of a damper going into the next season because you didn't know what Greg was going to get. I would say sneakily that 2009, because we had 54 wins the year prior. Greg looked great. We had Brandon and LaMarcus and Rudy, Travis, Martell, Channing. Uh, we added Andre Miller in the offseason. So that 09-010 season is a, is, a, is a close second because, you know, I, I really thought we were going to challenge the Lakers for the Western Conference. But 2000 is, is the correct answer. Um, come full circle. Anytime you have a chance to win a championship, that trumps everything. And I think that is where we are at here. It, like I said on, on yesterday's podcast, it still holds true, even more so. The two ifs. If Kawhi doesn't go to the Lakers, and if Yusuf Nurkic comes back healthy, the Blazers are the best team in the Western Conference. Bottom line. And they have the flexibility to get even better. And that is the icing on the cake. We do have a lot of potential and options, which, yo, the last four years, we absolutely haven't. And there was a lot of doom and gloom about that. Right now... I know it must it, it might be sad for some people because they were attached to all those players that left, but you should feel great about how how well we're placed. There should be a lot of excitement about the Portland Trailblazers. And once they get it on the court, they'll see it. Um 
Are you? I, I believe summer league happens on July fifth. Are you hyped for the summer league, and are you expecting to see all of our guys ready to go to compete for that uh, summer league championship? Honestly, dude, I'm I'm a little stressed. So the first game is Saturday the sixth at twelve thirty, but it's on ESPNU. Your boy doesn't get ESPNU. My parents don't get ESPNU, so I can't use their login. I got to find a place that has this game. Like I got to see Penny. I got to see Gary. I got to see Scal. You know, I got to see the, the Nasir. Like I got to see the boys. And that's what stressed me out the most is finding a spot to watch that game. So I'm going to do some promotion for Blazers. What uh, Tara Biggs is throwing a thing at uh, a watch party at uh shit. One second. Let me find my phone. So I actually know what it is. So as we're, we are recording, so how this happened, you were talking about the Blazers, what I, I'm a, I'm a member of them on Facebook. So I went to the Facebook group. It was in the Facebook group Hell that yeah. the, the Blazers added Anthony Tolliver. And I went to Twitter. Shams has it a one year, $2.6 million deal with the Portland Trailblazers. I love this signing to, so fucking much to no end. This is a, this is a veteran. This is a veteran who can shoot the ball. He, he former Trailblazer, but he he's not gonna be a, a me first guy. He is gonna fall in line with the culture, and he can come in and just shoot the ball, play spot minutes. He can rack up a couple of DNPs. This is a perfect locker room fit to keep everything that we have built up in continuation. So, yes, uh, Terrace Summer League Watch Party is at McMinniman's Broadway Pub. That's the one thing I do want to say. Before we get into this Anthony Tolliver news, god damn, man. Does this, yo, this has to be A-plus offseason. Like, Anthony Tolliver is perfect for the role that is given to him, and he's going to be a vet to Zach Collins. This fucking rules hard, dog. 39% 39% from downtown. Exactly he's what a shooter. you want out of a stretch big. He's a shooter, man. He's going to get you some boards. He's going to shoot. He's going to be a good vet guy. This is this is some good shit, Neil. This is some good shit, man. Man, this yeah, is I really, the, yeah. Yeah, I really like the pickup. You know, this is knee-jerk reaction. This is raw. We're recording it at 10.33 p.m. And I hadn't checked my phone. And until then, and so it, it it happened about right when we started recording. So I'm glad we're able to get the reactions now. But um, looking at the team, there is a lot of versatility, a lot of shooting, some some vets, some youngins, and obviously you got got Damon CJ holding it down from the top. Again, still don't think it means we're done in terms of trade deadline buyout market, but. Maybe right now, this could be the roster that we have going into opening night. And it's a damn good one. You know, it's pretty crazy that you and you and my uh, reaction to this move for a fifth big, a power of, uh, you know, the backup, backup power forward, the fifth big is this positive, man. Like, this, there is no non NBA player on this team. Not a one. But- yeah, like, dude, remember when we had bad benches? There were plenty of guys that did not deserve to be on the court. Now, like, we're going to have Anthony Tolliver have some DNPs, and he's he belongs in this league. 
no bad contracts, all NBA talent players. This shit is going to be legit. And I know it's not sexy, but for a fifth big, you never need sexy. So I'm just going to run off his three-point percentage. What's the contract? 20- is it minimum? One year, 2.6 mil. Hell yeah. So I just want to run off what he's shot, and it's not a small sample size. So with the Hornets in 2014, you're looking at 41% on four attempts per night. In 2015 with the Pistons, four and a half attempts, 36%. In 2016 with the Pistons, again, 36% on four attempts. 2017 with the Kings, 39% on three and a half attempts. 2018 with the Pistons, 44% 44% from downtown on 4.6 attempts. And then last year with the Wolves, 38% on three attempts per game. Sage, what type of shots do players get when they play alongside Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum? Open, Open shots. shots. Open shots. And just think, like, remember in 2015 when we were talking about Alan Crabb's amazing shooting percentage? It was on less than what Anthony Tolliver takes. My man can shoot, and he's brought in to shoot, and that's it. Specialist, I am. I, I love this pickup. I fucking love it, man. Like th- this is some real shit. This is again, it's not sexy, but he's efficient and good. So shout out to Blazers what for uh, cluing us in on this particular uh, part of our free agency. Absolutely. Sage, I think this is a great time to wrap it up. If you've listened to this for this long, you're you're listening right now. You are a real one. Tell them where they can find us, my man. We are on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, Himalaya Podcast, Nothing But Net Radio at 2 p.m. on Tuesdays. And like and five star us, man. We have put in the content. We are at 170 podcasts. That is... That's pretty fucking incredible, man. Like, anytime we get to that zero in the the, the podcast number, it get it, it makes you feel good because you've achieved something. We put in five, six podcasts in two weeks. We've been there for you, and if you appreciate that, like five star and sub. Um, that's how. And yo, if you know someone who's a Blazers fanatic that would like our content, please share them with us. We would love to have more people listen to this shit and get a real movement going where people can be real with their emotions and thoughts on the team and not be scared to get the Wherever repercussions you may be, from this it. Is Bill we, yo, we won't Good shame night. people for their opinions hey, here. This is this, this is this is where the real ones hang out. Let's go. And uh, thank you all for listening. Come on, everybody, and let's get to